Dear Jesus, we thank you for your kindness and mercy. Thank you for all you're doing and all you're going to do. I ask you to help um, heal those who need healing that we're, we're aware of, Lord, and um, help give wisdom to those who need wisdom in, in all their situations, both in personal lives and work lives and everything, Lord. And I just pray you help us to have um, the ability to say what you want us to say and to hear what you want us to hear. Thank you for your kindness and mercy. Amen. Uh, in Ephesians 4, 1 through, looks like 6, says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, and bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. I haven't done any research on what was going on in Ephesus at that point in time. But I have a feeling that the important word in that bit of scripture there is one. I think that they were split. I think that there was different people with different opinions. There were people with different ideas. It may have been something that was societal. They may have had that going on. As well as people in the church that were you know, leaning one way or another and, and, and not following in unity they were talking about their you know different things and different gods and different ideals and different ideologies and different philosophies and they weren't sticking together they weren't staying in one and Paul was reminding them hey there's one God there's one you know he said one how many times did he use the word one there in just a few verses? Uh, to, to walk worthy of the calling, loneliness, gentleness, long-suffering. Keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. So that was unity. And then he said there's one body, one Spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. So seven times he used the word one in like two sentences. <laughs> Where do you find the prisoner of the Lord? Well, he was literally a prisoner at that point in time. He was in prison when he wrote Ephesians. Uh, um, he felt like he was there because God wanted him there, not because, you know, he didn't feel like he was a prisoner per se, but he was in prison. Um, the prison that Paul was in was a deep hole. It's about 23 feet deep, about 12, 18 foot around. They had no way in or out except for a hole at the very top. And there was a <coughs> little hole at the bottom in one corner going to a cistern. Um, and that was it. 
Did they lower them down in there? They lowered them down in there or threw them down in there, depending on how they felt about them. And then if people wanted to bring them food, they could bring food and lower it down in there. But they didn't pay. At that point in time, the uh, the Roman government didn't pay to feed prisoners. So someone had to feed them. Somebody had to bring them food if they were going to. Paul always got preferential treatment because, one, he was a citizen, but even then he got preferential treatment because he talked to the, the guards and, and their hearts changed. So they were all like, we've got to do our job. We can't let you out, but you know, we'll, take care of we'll, you. We'll, we'll make sure we take extra care of you. you know, so they helped. Mm-hmm. How but long was he in there? I don't remember. He was in prison a long time. I mean, until he died. Until the end of his life. But, um, but yeah, this, you know, you said walk in unity. Walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. That's a whole other thing to dive into at some point in time. How do you walk worthy of the calling? of which you were called. I don't know. We'll have to think about that one. With all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love. So, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. So, I think the Ephesians were not necessarily... coming together in, as one. They weren't presenting a unified front to the world. They, their testimony wasn't showing as unified. They weren't walking as one. They were disagreeing, arguing, fussing. Who knows what about? They might have been fighting over who was going to be the leader, who was going to be in charge, who was more important, who had you know, given the most money to, to help the poor. Who knows? But they were, you know, they weren't they weren't being peaceable about it. And then he says, just remember there's one body and one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. I want to dig into this a little bit more. The calling, and then it's a semicolon. It says one Lord, one faith, one baptism, semicolon, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. So that sentence has like two semicolons in it. They kind of tie it together, so there's a, a lot of a lot of build up on that. It's something that probably needs a little bit of research to to study what the original meant, but you know maybe I'll be able to do that at some point in time and share it. But I just you know I think that it's important for us to remember that. Even though I might have grown up in a Methodist church, and you might have grown up in a Church of God, and you know you might have grown up in a non-denominational pseudo-Baptist church, and you know, and somebody else grew up in a Catholic church, there is one God, and one Spirit, and one body. They do. I mean, Jesus died for all of us. Yeah, Jesus died for all of us. 
you, you got getting talk about getting hung up on the little details. The the Wesleyans and the Calvinists practically had war. I mean, not practically. There there were fights. There were knock down, drag out, hit you over the head, club you to death fights between them. And John Wesley said, you know, there's but a hair's width of difference between Calvin and myself. The difference was Wesley felt like you could baptize children and Calvin said you couldn't. That was the primary difference. So it was a man-made... John Wesley felt like it was okay to baptize children and Calvin was like, no, they can't. They're not old enough to make a decision of themselves. Catholics have been doing it for a really long time. They christen them when they're... But yes, I know. And that was a huge disagreement between Calvinists and Baptists. So... Man-made peas, for sure. And they... Uh, but that was the main difference. I mean, there's other minor differences between Methodists and Baptists. You say that nowadays, and they're like, ah! but at the beginning, that was pretty much what it was, was that difference. But, you know, in, the, in Ephesus, there must have been something, you know, there was the first, first church of Paul in, in Ephesus and the second church of Paul, and they were arguing with each other. And he's like, no, I don't want any church at all. Of Paul, there should be a church of God, and or whatever you want to call it, and it shouldn't be a first or second. It's just one, the one church of God. <laughs> and so, we get so hung up as humans on our ideas, on our insights on our thoughts on our thinking on our opinion and we are all like this is what i know and yet what we know we know in part what we think we know we know we we really only understand a fraction and so much of it is the outer stuff that people get hung up on like, oh yeah Right. It's not what's inside. It's the outer appearance mm-hmm. of things and what people... Right. Yeah, you don't fit my mold. You don't fit my prototype, my structure. Yeah. And we like get... What you're wearing yeah. and what, how you have your hair. If you dress that way or you do this, you can't go... You can't, you can't be in my heaven. It's all the outer stuff. That's right. And we, you know, we get just hung up on it and we argue and... We'll argue and fight to the death over is it okay for a woman to speak up in church? <gasps> I don't know. Is it? I think so. Is it okay to, for your hair to touch your ears if you're a guy? Is it okay for your hair not to be all the way down, you know, as long as it ever is and you never ever cut it if you're a woman? You know, I don't know. Is hair, you know, a vanity that it should be controlled on a woman? Or no. That those same people ignore that. You know, I, I don't know. I don't really care about any of that stuff. We respect other countries that have this 
religious practices then? You can respect them. You don't have to do them. Be controlled by yeah. Or be controlled by them. But I was just saying, this country, allowed, this, they wouldn't be allowed to do what they needed to do if they didn't follow the religious practices of yeah. adorning their bodies in certain ways. They wouldn't be accepted. Those are different. That's a different. That's not the same religion. It's not the same thing as what I'm talking about here. But I understand what you're saying. I was just saying that most of the differences that people have are the outward differences and not the inward. And there are Christian denominations, organizations, structures that are almost as. conservative as some Muslim you know or some uh, Indian you know the the different religious groups Um, and yeah I mean it's the outward isn't what the important thing is God looks at the heart Mm -hmm. and we have to remember we can't see the heart We can't see our own heart. We think we can. But God says, my thinking's above your thinking. I see beyond what you can see. I understand deeper than what you understand. And so when we sit there and go, well, my intention was blah, and they did blah, you know, that's not even a fair comparison because based on what your intention is based on what somebody else did or whatever or didn't do. And then we can't tell what somebody else's intention was because we can't see their heart. So all we can do is have faith that we can come to God who is the one God and allow God to show us the who, the what, the why, the where, the when. And if you disagree with something, you can talk about it politely if it's something you can talk about. Otherwise, you just put it off to the side and go, it's not worth messing with. That's something that I'll let God take care of. And you know what? Most of the time, the best thing to do is to say, God, show me where I'm wrong. Help me to see where I'm wrong. Because we don't want to pray, show them where they're wrong, because that's not right. You can't pray against somebody else like that. But you can pray for yourself and say, God, show me where I'm wrong. What about where it talks about if someone is it says two or three. Yeah. It doesn't say when you make up your mind that somebody else is a screw-up, you go and talk to them. Now, it does say you can approach them and talk to them about something. You can have a conversation with somebody and say, Hey, I've noticed this. Is this what's going on? I, I, I'm, I'm worried about that. I'm concerned for you. Mm-hmm. That's not judging. That's loving. But, and then if they won't listen, then you can go and tell some other people that are brothers, and this is in the church, and this is not 
to non-believers. This is to believers. This is to people who believe the same thing you believe exactly. Well, as close as possible. That's when they were talking about. Then you go and you get two or three and come and talk. And if they still don't listen, then you go to the whole church and say, Hey, this is what happened. But that's not talking about pulling somebody off the street and saying, They didn't do such and such. The God, the people that feel like they're God's warriors that have to go and strike people down, stuff like that. Right. Mm-hmm. You're worried about the person because they could cause a, a, a little one to stumble. You know, not, not, you're not trying to cut them down, you're trying to help them, and you're also trying to help your congregation. If you have, you know, because you have, if you see an issue, then it could cause inner turmoil, you know. Mm-hmm. The relationships have to be. Everybody has to be on the same page. Right. Holding holding people accountable, the right way, not the wrong way. Well. And to be fair, if you're out in the world and you see somebody causing one of these little ones, a young believer, a child, to stumble or to be a, you know. Don't go after the person that's doing it. Help the one that's being caused to stumble. Pick them up. Mm-hmm. Brush them off. Make sure they're okay. Take them someplace safe, depending on what the situation is in actuality. But, you know, um, you don't attack the other person who said or did something that knocked somebody down. You pick up the one that was knocked down and you help them and show them that that's not how it should be. That's how church hurt is. If if you go after the person that knocks somebody down, all you're doing is compounding the hurt and damage that happened to the in the first place. Can you deal with the other person privately? Well, if you go if <laughs> if you see somebody knock down a little kid and you go and knock down that little kid or that person who knocked that little kid down then all you're doing is causing more violence to happen in front of that little kid mm-hmm. you can pick the little kid up and brush him off well, get him somewhere safe and then you go back and knock him down that well, you, you don't have to <laughs> knock him down but wouldn't you confront no. them wouldn't you say why did you well, yeah but that's different what that's are what you doing I would say first you, you take care of the one that was injured and make sure they're safe and then you go and say, hey, this is not cool. What you did was wrong. You don't attack them, because that's not going to, that doesn't benefit anybody either. No, but, I just said confront them. Right. Well, I didn't say, I didn't mean that you said attack. I just, um, it's just, you know, it's one of those, those are the types of situations that we see. Mm-hmm. And it comes because there's a lack of unity. A lack of oneness, people not focusing on God, the one, you know, he says, the one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. He uses all an awful lot in there, too, which is consistent because if we're all one, then that's all. And I mean, I used to know a man who, you know, a minister who'd say, how many does all leave out? 
How many, how many are left out of all? What What's excluded from all? It's like, well, nothing. Only those that exclude themselves. Well, yeah, that... But those aren't... That's another... That's a whole other story. You're right, but it's a whole other story. But the point is, the... Uh, We just need to remember that we're all, all, there's that word again, part of one body. And no matter what our beliefs are, what our ideologies are, individually, there is one God, one Father, one Son, one Holy Spirit, and that's who we're ultimately responsible to. Not to each other, not to somebody else. All we're responsible for is listening and following and doing what he tells us to do through scripture, through our hearts, whatever. Lord, I thank you and praise you. I ask that you just help us to hear this, help whoever this might be for in the future to get to it at the right time. Thank you for your mercy and kindness. Amen. Thank you for listening to Sunday Morning Podcast from Church Without Walls of Greer, South Carolina. If you have any questions or you need more information, please feel free to reach out to jonathan.wagner at intheupstate.net. If you'd like to subscribe, please do so on whatever channel you found this podcast. And reach out to me or anyone if you have questions about Christianity.